Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Man, I'm excited. I'm, I'm going to my first ever Friday Night Lights. My son is playing in his first official high school football game this weekend and so excited about that. We talk about football talk sometimes on this show, but it's really a show about the issues of faith, family, and freedom. And we talk about those issues in the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. Man, the, the court is going to look very different, possibly, pretty soon here. There's going to be a nomination we expect this week, possibly this weekend, uh, at the U.S. Supreme Court. Certainly took a moment to reflect on really just uh, condolences for the passing of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, a member of the U.S. Supreme Court, but a lot of attention certainly on who's next. And, and you know, look, a life of service that she lives, even though we don't agree with the decisions that she's made and some of the views that we have, you can certainly reflect on what it's like to have that life of public service. Uh, but we're going to talk a little bit about all that issues. We're going to talk a little bit of wrap up from an incredible event we had last weekend, the Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum was incredible. It was fantastic. It was twice the turnout that we had last year. I'm going to have a lot to say about that. And the uh, last night, I was at the Leander School Board meeting, my home turf, testifying against a very divisive and controversial sexual orientation and gender identity policy. And um, I'll tell you a little bit about why we got a victory on that. That got voted down, but that is not the end of the story. They're going to bring that issue up again. And so, but a lot of focus, obviously, on the elections, what's happening next. We're close to, I think, around 40 days until the elections. A lot of churches wanting to find out what their rights are. Go to our website, txvalues.org. We want you to continue to be encouraged. We want you to exercise your rights. We want you to let people know how important the election is and to go all the way down the ballot. Don't just focus on the presidency. While that is important, there are a lot of important races all the way down the ballot. And because of the coronavirus issue, a lot of local elections are happening in November, city council, school board. So don't be surprised by that. But we have a great guest today on the Texas Values Report, and she has worked on a lot of important issues, religious liberty, marriage and family, pro-life. Once upon a time, she was in the offices of Texas Values, actually during the the first session that we were under that banner of Texas Values, Chelsea Yeoman, who's going to be our guest, Yeoman, who's going to be our guest today. And I'm sorry, we went over that before the show. You can tell me how to pronounce it correctly. Uh, because when you worked with us, this was before you had a family, and so I'm making up all excuses. Chelsea is a licensed attorney in the state of Texas. Um, she has her undergraduate degree from Texas A&M, a law degree from Southern Methodist University, and continues to do great work. She's now the state director for Human Coalition. Chelsea, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Thanks so much for having me. It's good to be with you, Jonathan. Absolutely. Well, you're involved in some important work on the life issue. And I know you've worked on a variety of issues that we work on at Texas Values. And your focus now is on the life issue, on state issues. And what a time for the life issue to really be focused on. I mean, a lot of momentum from young people and, you know, people of all different backgrounds and ages, but certainly a lot more young people getting involved. Uh, Really a lot of interesting things happening on the life issue, a lot of progress and legislation. And now here we find ourselves with a vacancy on the U.S. Supreme Court and a lot of people talking about, could this pick on the Supreme Court uh, really be the key to a court case that comes before U.S. Supreme Court where Roe versus Wade is overturned? So you may not have all those answers to those questions. Let's just start about what it means that there's a vacancy on the U.S. Supreme Court. 
Let's just dive right in. Um, I think it's so important for everyone listening to know that we have not had a real conservative majority on the Supreme Court in almost 90 years. Um, so it's been a long time coming. And in that time, we know how much damage was done on the life issue. Millions and millions, 70 million children are now dead and never got to see the light of day because of Roe versus Wade. And so I'm certainly hopeful this opportunity to turn the court more conservative, get a stronger voting block there who are gonna decide constitutionally the issues the right way. I know that there are so many lives that could be saved from that. So that's certainly, if you weren't already going to vote or registered to vote, go register right now and go vote because this is something that could save millions and millions of lives in our lifetime. Well, look, the life issue is extremely important. When you and I got to do some work together many years ago, there were a lot of bills related to the life issue making its way through the state legislature. It was uh, some high drama, so to speak, at the state capitol on those issues that you participated in. We're so excited to see your focus on this issue. And, you know, there just continues to be more and more talk about it, but the numbers continue to grow. As you mentioned, um, you know, the loss of, of innocent human life, those numbers even while we've been able to make some progress in the state of Texas, and it's you know maybe not as high as it could be, it's still at a number that's very very concerning, and people you know are wondering right, continue to wonder, is it just always going to be like this? But a lot of interesting things have been happening where states have gotten more involved and really putting a lot of pressure on the courts uh, to take up or consider is Roe versus Wade still valid? Tell us a little bit about your role at Human Coalition and the work that you're doing right now to focus on state legislative issues. Yeah, you're, you're so right, Jonathan. Um, as you know, I think that this generation and my generation, we're the most pro-life generation that's ever existed. I always think truth rises to the surface. And so there's nothing more vulnerable um, and truthful medically about what's happening in the womb, that there is a, there's a real human child there that has dignity. And that, that's been resonating for decades now with people. And so we're starting to see the effect of that is pro, states are pushing on the pro-life issue and passing the right legislation. Um, and then courts, of course, the federal courts decide that. So President Trump's appointees are the ones deciding whether those pieces of legislation stand. So we're right in the middle of that. Um, we are active in Austin and working already with members on sponsoring bills that are going to both protect vulnerable preborn children, but also support women because we can't forget the women in this part of the equation that are seeking abortion. We firmly believe at Human Coalition that the way to end abortion is to stabilize women's circumstances and our culture around women in a way that enables them to feel like they have freedom to choose life. And so Human Coalition, it's the largest pro-life organization in the country dedicated to serving women day in and day out. They serve tens of thousands of women a year who are actively seeking abortion. And by doing simple things like helping them obtain childcare, feed children they already have, get jobs, whatever those needs are, that the obstacles in the way of these women choosing life, Human Coalition steps alongside them for sometimes years, even after their children are born, to help them choose life. Um, it's an incredible model. And they realized a year or two ago that they have this wealth of knowledge about pregnant women seeking abortion, just sitting here as they're serving women. And they said, let's channel this into policy reform. How can we take this information and make meaningful policy changes that are gonna move the meter for women and actually decrease abortion? And so that's what I'm focused on. I work on legislation 
and I'm drafting some right now. Um, as we speak, it's under legal review to help enable serving women in the state of Texas and enable them to, to ultimately choose life. Well, look, I mean, certainly, you know, you think about circumstances oftentimes that we're here that women will face or just pressure that they feel in one way or another, uh, whether it's the, the father of the child, parents, other you know, members of their community. And so I would agree the more that women can feel a sense of security and safety and freedom, because uh, I do think that uh, the majority of women, I mean, if I dare to say all, have that instinct of you know, wanting their child to live. And so, uh, you know, and, and one of the things I learned in law school, though, is the law as a teacher, as I was taught. And I think the fact that you have the Roe versus Wade decision and, and you have that other side of freedom, if you will, for some people as they may see it, the, the law tells them, you know what, you're not doing anything wrong or, or there must not be anything wrong. And, I, and I've heard this so often from young women, particularly, well, you know, if there's something wrong with abortion, then why is it legal? And so I do think that's why you can you and others continue to be working on those state legislative efforts. And it's a reminder, right? Even if Roe versus Wade is overturned, that doesn't mean all of a sudden that laws and restrictions and, and all the things related to abortion all of a sudden change overnight. It really means practically now the issue goes back to the states. Yeah, that's when our work begins. I say it all the time. The day Roe Ro versus Wade is overturned is the day we now have millions of women who are out there that need help. They need the church to engage in this. They need our communities to engage in this. But we have to pass bills that would ultimately say that abortion is in fact illegal. Yeah, well, and there's been efforts to do that in the state of Texas for many years. I know there's a couple of legislative proposals that you're working on. I'd love to hear a little bit more detail um, to the extent that you can share. I know there can be some of those, you know, things we want to keep a little uh, under wraps until legislation gets filed and gets marched out there. But I'd love to hear maybe, a, you know, just a little bit of details that you can share about the direction and the focus that you see on some legislative proposals. Of course. Well, we know in the state of Texas, 53,000 women aborted their children um, in last year, the last time it was recorded in 2017. So there are a lot of women out there. There's a lot of room to save children in the state of Texas and elsewhere, of course. But our focus for me as the state director here is to say, how can we come alongside and decrease that number? Um, and we found a way to do that simply by offering women options and support systems. Um, it's the same methodology we use at Human Coalition to serve women. 76% of our clients say if given the, if their circumstances were different that they would choose life, they would prefer to parent. Um, so we have a bill right now that's gonna be a resource access bill that essentially comes alongside every single woman who wants an abortion and says, what, what do you need? Do you need stable housing? Do you need to get out of a domestic violence situation? Um, do you need a job, a car to get to your job? Things that are very tangible, that are real things women say are impeding them from choosing life. And simply by coming alongside them and, and helping step with them into this situation, up to 40% will choose life. It's incredible. Now that's that's a big number, you know. Right. And there are there are those practical realities. You know, we, we, we want women, I mean, we hope that people, regardless of their circumstances, will always reflect on that this is a life, this is the taking of an innocent human life. But that doesn't mean that we can't recognize that there can be other things going on in their lives that can make it more difficult. And if they felt um, uh, that they were in a better place with some of those areas that they could 
they're more likely to be able to focus on that life and not to, you know, find themselves making a desperate decision. Uh, and so I, I do think there can be value to that. You know, I know that you've, for, for many years, cared about the life issue. It's something that, uh, that you worked on even when you were studying as a student. And, you know, and it's interesting to reflect on that, right? Different ways that we can use those legal talents. And, and not to mention, you're now a mother, right? I mean, you, I know recently, um, you know, through that process and the perspective that that can bring to it. Uh, I do think men, you know, can certainly be a voice on this issue, but I also think there's something unique uh, for your experience, the law, the policy background, and now practically going through things as a mother and, you know, maybe having that bond or just a, you know, a, a more natural way of being able to understand what women go through. Absolutely. I think you think of any issue, let's like remove um, the abortion issue, but you think of any issue as a society that we're trying to tackle and resolve, you look at all of the factors that play into it. And for me, I think you, you can't leave the mom out of the equation. I mean, she's the one making the decision and we have to look at, I say the supply and demand side. So we can, we can regulate abortion providers all day long. That is important work. It's necessary. And we have work to do on that side, but we can't neglect the demand side, the, the reason for women seeking abortion. And I think that being pro-life is pro-woman. We know that. We know that God created us for this unique purpose to create life and sustain life and that that's beautiful. And I think us as a society and as Christians, being able to say that um, is, is really huge for the movement. And it's something that you're not going to hear on the other side, that women are well, strong enough to do it, right? I mean, speaking of women, a big speech that Abby Johnson gave at the Republican National Convention, probably been three weeks now since that speech was given, but someone who not only, you know, a mother herself, but also someone who worked in the abortion industry. And I think there've been a lot of women that have been strong voices on these issues before, but, you know, the other side always tries to suggest that that's not been the case. And, um, but whatever the case may be, we, I do feel like there are women that are speaking out more, getting recognized more, that are being more a voice on this issue. Sometimes there were women that wanted to speak on these issues and they were quieted or they were told not to speak uh, because they were a threat to uh, the abortion movement. And now you're just seeing more of that and young people as well that are involved. And I think it's so helpful, the conversation, as well as uh, uh, female women legislators that are oftentimes leaders on these issues. The media likes to overlook them. Some of the most important pieces of legislation that Texas has passed, they, they, they've ever, either been a House or a Senate member that's a woman or both that's been leading those efforts. That was the case last session, Senate Bill 22, which made it illegal for the government to have contracts with abortion providers. The Senate author was Donna Campbell. The House author was Candy Noble, okay? Both strong women and Donna Campbell herself, a physician. And so uh, it's interesting to see how women are having opportunities and embracing that. And it really just, you know, continues to show how strong the issue of life is and how more people are communicating about it and being comfortable. We could see ourselves with a woman in this Supreme Court position. I mean, I think that's what we're reading that Trump is going to put a woman on the Supreme Court in this position, who that may be. There's a couple of picks. We could, could be one or two or the other, but it does appear that, um, you know, that if they're going to put a woman on the court to fill this vacancy, I mean, have you heard different? I mean, that's what I'm hearing. That's what he said. The White House itself confirmed that they said, this will be a woman nominee and she will be confirmed. So we we're hopeful for that. Obviously. I mean, at the end of the day, his list, it's a list that is, 
full of merit merit worthy considerations for the nominee. So everybody on that list has a stellar legal record um, and one that we can look at and know where they're going to land on some of these issues. Um, so I'm really hopeful for that. I think Amy Coney Barrett is top of the list. Rushing is at the top of the list, but we'll certainly know hopefully this weekend. Yeah, no, it's going to be interesting weekend for one of those families. And, and look, it's not, it's the, the nomination is just the beginning, right? Then comes the confirmation process. Uh, you and I have seen this play out. We've had, you know, colleagues that we've worked with, not at the U.S. Supreme Court, but other federal benches. And, you know, there's still a very thorough process. It's at a whole nother level when you're talking about a lifetime appointment. And But the other flip side of this is, though, I, I, we've been messaging on this a little bit. It's very important who ends up on the U.S. Supreme Court. But it's also, we feel like, important to recognize let's not allow the Supreme Court to have so much power. I mean, I think it's important if they decide not to, to no longer recognize Roe versus Wade and, and the impact that can make. But I think a lot of times people put a little bit too much emphasis or credit or importance on what the Supreme Court does in their role. We need to continue to remind ourselves, we the people, whether it's through legislation, a court case at a lower level, or just in your own community, right? The difference that you can make on one of these issues without having to sit around and wait, well, is the court going to decide this? Is the court going to overturn this case? Get involved in your local community and change someone's heart and mind. Walk alongside them. It sounds like that's a lot of what you do at Human Coalition. You're you're absolutely right. Um, you know, I really think it is on us as as a people to resolve some of these issues ourselves and not always look for the government to be our big brother, right? And um, these are things that we can tackle in our communities serve people around us. And then of course, vote for elected officials um, is the most important thing you can do on some of these issues to pass real legislation. But you know, at the end of the day that the Supreme Court is doing things they're not supposed to be doing if there are protests outside their steps. I mean, that means they're too political, right? And I'm really hopeful for a nominee who's gonna be consistent with the conservative justices on the court to say, you know, we decide constitutionality, we're originalists, we just stick stick with our duty in the constitution and not delve into things that elected officials should really be delving into. Yeah. And that's really, unfortunately, what people have, their experience has been I, the past 10, 15, if not 20 years or so is, oh, well, let's, you know, let's see how the court resolves this. Well, that's really not their role. And a lot of times they end up making policy. And I think some of them, you know, no longer think it's that big of a deal at the U.S. Supreme Court. And that's a real shame when you see them legislating from the bench in, in that being abused. And so we'll see, we're going to find out, I imagine this weekend who the pick is, and then, you know, probably just enough time. I mean, there's more than enough time, but if you look at some of the past confirmation processes, excuse me, enough time for uh, president Trump to nominate someone and the Senate to confirm the word is enough. There's enough senators ready as far as the vote count. And so we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, we'll certainly probably have some more information about that next week, but Chelsea, Really appreciated the conversation with you, the work that we're doing. And, you know, who knows? Maybe it'll be a similar environment that you and I experienced many years ago at the Texas <laughs> Capitol uh, this coming session. Uh, you know, it, it, I don't know. It, we don't invite all these people, so to speak. I mean, that just kind of is a part of what we do sometimes, particularly on the life issue. But during those times, it often is a time where we will see transformations. We will see people learn information they didn't know and hearts and minds change. And so I know that you're a big part of that. Chelsea, 
thank you so much for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. You got it. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. You bet. All right, we're going to let Chelsea peel off. We got a few kind of concluding comments. I know she's got some important work to do either for her family or for the organization that she's leading. Big event we had over the, the weekend. I mean, I could not have been more excited. And speaking of events, we've got another event coming up. The Texas Faith, Family, and Freedom Gala is going to be on November 13th in the Dallas area. Tickets are for sale now. Okay, we hope we may be getting a confirmation on our keynote speaker today. We might be able to release something like that. I'm going to invite Chelsea to come out and, uh, and her family. I'm just trying to check my email here real quick to see if I got any information that I can share with y'all. Um, maybe I've got something here. Um, we, oh, can't announce that yet. Okay, I'm going to hang on to this. But you don't want to wait. This event sells out every year. Go to txvalues.org. Get your ticket for the Faith, Family, and Freedom Gala. I know you heard us talking in the past several weeks, the Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum. That was an educational event. This is a fundraising event. This is a gala event. This is a celebration event. We're going to have some fun. We're going to eat a nice meal. We're going to have some nice entertainment. And we're going to hear some really important updates on the work that we're doing. But it's an opportunity for you to make an investment in the work that we do at Texas Values. I'm just checking the clock over here. Um, we continue to grow in a very positive direction. More people are become a member of our team. You heard me talk about our event last weekend, the policy event, twice the attendance of last year, or, or right about almost double what we had last year. We were a little over 300. We had 602 people that registered to be part of our event. About two-thirds of them were in person. We have plenty of room to spread out at Great Hills Baptist, and we had about 250 people join us online from all over the states, a couple from out of the state. But the, the value of that was to learn what's going on on these issues in the courts, the legislature, the media, what some you know things that we can talk about, some talking points, some studies, some research, some really good information, and then about how to impact elections, right? How it matters going all the way down the ballot, who some of those candidates are, and what you can do about it. What are your rights? If you're involved in a church, please know that you have the right to talk about elections, to tell people the importance of vote, even to talk about the differences in particular candidates. We've got a great website with that type of information, freevotersguide.com, free, F-R-E, freevotersguide.com. You can go to that website and find out more about the candidates on those issues. Look, I mean, it's a presidential year, but as I mentioned before, there are a lot more races on the ballot because the local elections, many of them that were going to happen in May, they got pushed into November because of the coronavirus. Um, there were a lot of elections that were delayed. So your school board races, your city council, your county races, a lot of those you're going to see on the ballot this time, and usually they're not on November. So one pull of the lever, so to speak, one trip to the ballot box, well, you can make a difference all the way down. So we want you to make sure that you go all the way down the ballot, that you don't go in and say, oh, I know who I'm voting for president or I know who I'm voting for for US Senate, and then you're like, well, I don't know who the rest of these people are. Go all the way down the ballot, okay? Go to freevote.com, send us an email if it's a local election. We'll try to give you some insight on some of those things and what we know about candidates. But for churches, we've got a great resource. We've got a video, we've got a one-pager on our website. If you just go to txvalues.org, you'll see that. Um, and you can find out what are the rules for churches and elections. Can you talk about vote? Can you do voter registration at a school at a church? Yes, you can. 
Can you talk about the candidates and say where they stand biblically? Yes, you can. Can you invite the candidates to come and say where they can, where they stand? You can. As a matter of fact, we're going to be doing that on October 6th. We got an event at Prestonwood Baptist Church up in the North Texas area where we're going to do that. But we there are like 20,000 or so churches in the state. Can you imagine if at least one weekend leading up to the election, every single church said, hey, there's an election. Make sure you go vote. And right now we're, we're more than 30 days away from the election. So there's still time to register to vote if you need to get caught up on that. And so you'd be surprised. A lot of people don't realize when election day is on. Okay. It's on a Tuesday here. Let me check my calendar. What does my phone say? Cause I don't even, I'm going to, I don't want to give you the wrong date, whether it's November 3rd or 4th. Let me check. Okay. November 3rd. All right. It says it right here on my phone. Can you see that? I can't probably can't see it. Election day, election day, election day. I got several reminders. Okay. Uh, you may need those, but can you imagine if, if all the churches just said, in two weeks, there's an election. In a week, there's an election. Election day is on Tuesday. So if you're a church and you want help with that, we're engaged in a lot of those efforts right now. Please let us know. We'd be happy to help. Before I close out, okay, this week we're celebrating eight years. Let me see if I can, how can I do this? All right, three, five, can I put this on the screen here? All right, it's all backwards to me. I can't even figure this out. Eight, eight years of Texas Values. We started and now uh, we argue whether it was actually August or September, depending on which document is, um, is the one to note. Here's a little thing we're wanting to do. Give us a donation that has the number eight in it. Maybe it's $8, maybe it's $88, maybe it's $888 to show us that you're with us for another eight years. Make that $8, that $88, that $888 donation today, txvalues.org. We've made it eight years. And I tell you what, with God's grace and my work and the team of our work, we're going to make it another eight years. You know, once we, you know, got out there with Texas Values, boy, I was committed all in 100% that we were never looking back. And we certainly have it. So help us keep going in that direction. Make a donation in the, in the numeral, if you will, of eight at txvalues.org. And we'll continue to protect faith, family, and freedom in Texas. We'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.